Hello, hello, hello. Uh, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you happen to be anywhere in these fair United States of America or across the world, whether it be across the pond or a few continents over. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Sea Report, and we are coming to you live on this September 3rd, 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, time moves steadily along, as it were. In uh, regards to uh, this year, and uh, it's a passing, and it's a passing fast, y'all. Uh, well, I am your host, Mr. C, and uh, we come to you here live every day, Monday through Friday, at uh, usually at 7.30 p.m. Actually, usually we are here at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, that is Texas time. Uh, but today we're coming at you guys a little bit early because I do have some engagements uh, that I have... Um, I have, uh, I have a promise to be a part of, and uh, it should be a pretty exciting night. All in all, I would say, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a very busy evening for one Mr. C, that's me, and uh, busy enough to where I'm actually speaking in third person more than usual. So anyways, um, I hope you guys um, are, are ready for tonight's show uh, because we have an international news edition coming right at you. Uh, but first, if you are watching over at Twitch or over at Clout Hub, uh, I will typically engage over at the foxhole.app. And those are the three platforms that we are coming to you all alive at this moment. Uh, Clout Hub seems to be doing pretty good. Um, you know, uh, uh, far more viewership coming over there than we used to have over at Trovo. I think I'm kind of liking the way that uh, Clout Hub uh Clout Hub is uh, set up, and uh, you know it's kind of like a uh, it's kind of like a, an, a classic type of social media. Um, if you're into that kind of thing, I'm not on any of them anymore. Well, you know uh, I do have a Twitter account, and it's basically dormant. Um, and uh, you know uh, Facebook um, kicked me off several times, including once live on the air. Um, but uh, through and through, um, I would say Pill.net and the Foxhole.app is the place to be especially if you want to have a uh, have a home or a resource that is um, that is a uh, um, patriot minded as well as a free speech platform free speech platform uh, that does not ban or censor uh, those are two two good ones right there uh, and they work together uh, um, you know almost almost hand in hand uh, between the contents that you get at the foxhole.app and also um, the uh, many myriads of users and content creators over at pill.net. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the way it's set up over there. Uh, and it's growing. It's growing and expanding. Uh, just uh, recently had some brand new um, modifications, I guess you could say, uh, new additions. Uh, and I, I would say it, would pro it will probably, probably really counter a lot of those, uh, you know, uh, authoritarian, fascist social media websites and platforms out there like Facebook and like Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, you know, they just seem to keep adding more. It's almost like um, 
it's almost like a really cool uh, combination uh, between like, say like you get like, um, like a video or like a uh, live streaming platform, like, like D live, right. And, and then you take that and you mix it with a, uh, you know, social media website, uh, like, you know, Facebook or something. That's kind of where I see it going, you know, um, kind of where I see it going amongst other things, other places that I really think that, uh, that, uh, the foxhole.app and pills.net could go all in all, very exciting. And I would highly recommend if you don't have an account there at pill.net or at the foxhole.app, you should go and get one today, check it out. Uh, if you're a troll, you're still welcome. You are still welcome. Uh, maybe one of our content creators will hit you right where you never thought you would get hit before. And uh, otherwise, we have our troll spray. So <laughs> as the friends say over in the chat. But yes, if you want to get in on the conversation here live at the Sea Report, uh, hop on over to the foxhole.app or to pill.net. And uh, it should suit your fancy. I know it would suit mine most definitely, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, while we're doing some, a bit of housekeeping, uh, don't forget uh, to most definitely uh, check out. Um, let's see what I let me see what I can pull up here. Uh, you can check out the website, thecreport.com. Not a whole lot doing there at the moment. I will be honestly truthful. It's more of an informational type of page, to be quite frank. Um, but, uh, you know, that's not to say that we don't have any type of expansion coming soon to that as well. And then, um, you can also check out the anchor.fm slash the C report page in case you don't have the chance to, uh, have your eyeballs glued to a screen. Uh, you can most definitely, uh, pop those earbuds in, uh, those hearing receptors of yours and, uh, just listen to me on the go or while you're doing something or while your hands are busy and your eyes are busy. Um, and, uh, you can also, uh, subscribe and or follow for free to the C report on any of the major, um, podcast platforms out there scattered throughout the interwebs, uh, except for iHeart radio or iHeart music or whatever it's called. We're not there. Uh, we are not there, that is for sure. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, as I was saying again, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sea Report coming at you live and early this Friday afternoon with an international report. Uh, we're coming at you live at 6 p.m. today because I have a busy, busy, busy evening ahead of me tonight. Uh, we'll be doing um, uh, the Sea Report uh, as of right now. And uh, afterwards, uh, I will be hopping over to uh, the Texans channel. Um, along about 8.30, uh, he will be having a, uh, a special show, a discussion um, amongst, uh, amongst um, uh, friends and uh, new friends. Uh, it should be a very interesting show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I was uh, honored that uh, Texan asked me to join into that, so I thought I would lend him a hand in tonight's discussion. <clears throat> now, for those of you on Clout Hub or over on Twitch, uh, the Texans channel can be found at the foxhole.app or at pill.net. Uh, check it out, uh, particularly if you're uh, of the patriotic mind or if you really like country music. Uh, but today's discussion, if any of you have seen it, uh, it says a uh, spiritual discussion, I think is what the information is that he put in there. So I'm not going to give any details away about that. Uh, but let me tell you, uh, Texan has quite a panel 
um, set up for tonight. And that has nothing to do with me being on the panel, by the way. <laughs> I'm not just saying that because I'm going to be on there also. Uh, but it should be a pretty interesting discussion. It should be a pretty interesting discussion. And then, of course, later on tonight at midnight Texas time, uh, we will be doing Mr. C in the Dark uh, watch party for Cult of the Medics Part 1, uh, which just came out two days ago on September the 1st. Um, I haven't seen it yet, and uh, many of the friends have not seen it yet, so we'll be most definitely um, viewing that tonight and uh, opening up the lines for discussion afterwards for anyone who might have something to say um, or would like to express thoughts, opinions, emotions, uh, discernments in regard to uh, what this documentary will share with us. I'm looking forward to it very much, ladies and gentlemen. I was uh, quite enthralled with the uh, with the preview, and it takes it takes a bit for a preview to enthrall me, you know, I wasn't exactly shooketh, but I was quite enthralled uh, by what was going on. Um, and uh, the topic of discussion, I think will uh, bring a lot of good conversation. Uh, so that's what we got going on right here now, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, let me jump into the chat again real quick before we get underway. I promise I would not run long today. Uh, no, no three hour show today. So <laughs> three or four hour show. Uh, let's see, we have Disco Ball Chaser in the house. Good evening and thank you for the well wishes. Tombstone, uh, thank goodness it's Friday. Yes, Friday, I say, or is it Stir Friday? I wish it were Stir Friday. I don't know. I've had a, I've had a little bit of a stomach thing going on the last couple of days. I went to a um, a very, I guess it was a very questionable uh, a Mexican restaurant establishment the other day. And uh, yeah, <laughs> You got to watch where you eat and what you eat on certain sides of town. Uh, Tam Gorel, oh, we're early today. We sure are, ma'am. We sure are. We will, uh, we will be doing this. I will be, uh, I will be on uh, quite a bit tonight uh, on the screens out there. So uh, catch, catch a conversation if you can. And if you'd like to, you're more than welcome. I'll keep the door open as always. Uh, Zena, good evening, good afternoon. Belushi, thank you for the cookie, my friend, and it's good to see you as well. And welcome, welcome in. Coming hot and heavy with that gold pill cookie. Thank you, sir. Just V, early today I see. I see you, Just V, and uh, welcome to the chat. Siava Pie Michael, how you doing, sir? Good to see you again. Empress Beach to you, good evening, and also thank you so much for the can. So now I got my snack and I got my drink, and uh, we should be good to go for the next, uh, you know, next uh, couple of whiles. Um, Yavapai Michael says he's the troll destroyer. Ooh, boy. Yeah, I like to hear that, Yavapai. You sound like someone I'd want in my corner. That's for dang sure. Trolls don't have a, uh, trolls won't have a good or they'll change their stinking thinking. <laughs> Tombstone, I like that. I like that rhyming there at the end there. You're biting at the bit to take on these trolls. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of the friends can attest to the fact that uh, trolls do come our way sometimes, particularly over in Twitch. But right now we have uh, Deplora Laura holding the light on over at Twitch. Good afternoon, Deplora Laura. How are you doing tonight? And yes, we are having a movie night tonight. Um, a Cult of the Medics Part 1, I think, is roughly about 45, 50 minutes long. And then uh, we'll definitely jump into some uh, discussion or we'll just let the night take us wherever it may happen to take us. Uh, it should be a fun time either way. And uh, let's see what else we got. Joy for Trump. Joy for Trump. Woo -hoo -hoo -hoo. I always want to sing that song whenever I see your name, Joy for Trump. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, and good evening, Joy for Trump. 
how long is the documentary? Ah, as I just stated, it is uh, between uh, between 45 and 50 minutes, and we'll be doing it at midnight tonight. Uh, it should be pretty fun. That is Texas time, of course, uh, depending on what neck of the woods you are in. Trujillo. Uh, where did that come? Who's Trujillo? Did I miss someone? <laughs> oh, do we have a Trujillo in the audience tonight? Mm-hmm. No, I don't see Trujillo. That must be a, that must be a fat fungus thing, right? Or like, <laughs> did your phone bite you? Uh, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> Pilled by the rabbit. How are you doing tonight? Howdy, howdy, howdy. Sly Park 2020. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, Sly Park 2020 says, looking forward to seeing you with the Texan. Oh, we always see Sly Park hanging out over over uh, yonder about uh, the Texans uh, part of the woods. And uh, yeah, it should be fun. It's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation, ladies and gentlemen. I can tell you that for sure. I don't know uh, exactly what all the uh, parameters or the um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the setup for this conversation is going to be, uh, but it should be a very interesting conversation. Um, and uh, again, I'm, I'm, uh, I appreciate that I'm going to be a part of it. Um, because, uh, I would say that my, my, well, I'm not the only one on the panel. that's going to have a point of view. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's going to have a point of view. Uh, but, uh, but it should be, it should be a worthy discussion, uh, you know, for the evening at least. And, uh, I know Texan's been itching, itching and, uh, biting at the ankle to, uh, kind of, uh, uh talk on this subject. So we'll see where it goes, ladies and gentlemen. And I would recommend at 8 30 PM Texas time. Hop on over to the Texans channel and just give it a gander, if not for just a little whiles. You know what I mean? Uh, all right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Joy for Trump says she might have to watch the replay. And yes, just be, it is always the damned autocorrect. You know, I can't stand autocorrect. It always, uh, it always defies me. Um, but then, uh, then I was, uh, assisting someone on their phone that did not have autocorrect. And I was like, ah, I have to go and retype this entire damn word. Anyway. <laughs> But anyways, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a look at what we have on the agenda for tonight. Now, the most uh, the most important thing for today's international episode, 100 percent, 100 hands down, um, I would have to say is we are going to talk about Australia. OK, now, a lot of us uh, have heard about, know about, have learned about uh, what is happening over in the country slash continent of Australia. Right. And uh, this is uh, this is actually a really big deal, you know, and uh, I'm going to try and do uh, justice to the people of Australia who are currently experiencing some of the most harshest and most extreme forms of authoritarianism and police state. Uh, um, I wouldn't even say antics because that kind of like uh, that kind of like diminishes what is really going on there. Uh, but what we are seeing right now in Australia, ladies and gentlemen, is basically basically um, almost like a blueprint uh, for what could roll out to the rest of the world um, with this entire uh, COVID-19 uh, planned pandemic. Uh, sham that has uh, seemed to grip the world in its uh, skeletal fingers, uh, demonic, uh, demonic nails grasp of fear, right? And uh, that's uh, that's uh, something that uh, I've I've kind of been nestling on. Now I'm pretty sure uh, any of you viewers out there who uh, who are attent attentive, uh, you know, um, you know, to what we talk about here at the Sea Report, you guys know because you've seen me doing it 
live on the air, just mulling over ideas and theories and uh, everything like that, you know, uh, about what is going on in regards to uh, the entire world scene, plus the United States specifically. Um, but a lot of it, a lot of it has been centered around, uh, you know, Afghanistan recently and, and most recently because that is, uh, that is the biggest event, uh, I would say so far to come out of this, um, this, uh, illegitimate administration that is known as the joke Biden administration, you know, um, and, uh, that, that's something that is weighed on my mind. Uh, we've all kind of, we've all kind of, uh, um, you know, got into the theory, espouse the uh, credibility uh, towards what it is that this Afghanistan debacle has provided um, by means of distracting the people of the world and the people of the United States of America. Because, you know, um, kind of like Texans, you know, Texans seem to come off a little bit uh, egomaniacal uh, because of the love of our state. Um, I would say to the rest of the world, um, Americans who are patriots and love their country probably kind of come off the same way. Uh, so the way that America looks at Texans, the world looks at Americans, <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but, you know, uh, so, so with that, with that thought in mind, you know, uh, we kind of think, we kind of think, well, what is it exactly that this entire debacle with, you know, illegitimate joke Biden and Afghanistan is provided? What kind of, what kind of, uh, what kind of, um, how you say, uh, distraction? has it provided for us. And, you know, most definitely, um, and I would say, I would say if we were to take a poll right here and now, uh, absolutely in regards to the election audits um, and election integrity. And uh, we know a lot of news has come out just today about, um, you know, the fraud that took place during the election audits. I mean, think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Have I not said, have I not said that uh, when it comes to a state like the state of Georgia, you know, um, so much fraud has already been discovered. So many, uh, so many things that would leave more than more than a plausible doubt, plausible deniability, you know, that uh, there was indeed a fraud uh, that they don't even need to do. They do not even need to do an audit in their state. They simply need to decertify. And then they can do the audit. But in light of all of the activities and evidence which has been recorded and documented ad nauseum from a, from a neurotic note taking to uh, people being caught on film, um, you know, uh, Georgia could totally decertify their elections for 2020 right here and now. And then they can do the audit so we can get the solidified numbers and facts and we can, you know, bury that hatchet and collect that data and, you know, submit it for precedence in future cases. Right. Um, and that's the way Georgia goes, you know, and what, what do we see in the headlines today about Georgia? Now, we're not going to talk about Georgia tonight, ladies and gentlemen, but what I am going to mention right now is, of course, now there's video that has come out. There's video that has come out about uh, about what it was like 100, 200 random fraudsters a ballot dropping into boxes on video caught hands down. Now, uh, if you take that video, which is yet to be released, but I'm pretty sure is coming, you know, uh, and you take the video of uh, Ruby Friedman and, and Wanda Andrea Moss or whatever her name was and uh, Ralph Jones, 
you know, triple and quadruple and quintuple stuffing ballots through the same voting machines. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, in addition to pulling out uh, bins of ballots from underneath the table, right, is enough to decertify Georgia. Okay, why a secretary of snakes like Raffensperger has chosen not to do such a thing, I don't know, especially when this man is so intent on covering his behind, on uh, uh, saving his tuchus from any type of ramification or accountability, you would think that he can look at those videos and say, maybe I should just decertify if I want to run again. But I'm sorry, Bradley, you're not going to get a chance to run again. You're done. You're finished. It's over for you and your political career is basically what I'm saying, you damn Democrat in disguise. Because uh, he's uh, pretending to be a, uh, I was going to say he's pretending to be a rhinoceros. He's pretending to be a Republican, you know. So anyway, so absolutely, you know, a Saudi, a Saudi Arabia, woo boy, um, Afghanistan has provided that uh, that uh, cover, you know. Uh, and the only the only other thing that I see that is kind of like a misfit in regards to the distraction of election integrity and audits is that the mainstream media is not covering that stuff anyways. Um, so I don't know uh, who they'd be distracting, uh, the sleeping public or the patriots. Well, it, you're right, guys. It probably was the patriots. Uh, they're probably trying to distract the patriots from uh, the um, the elections and the people. Uh, maybe they're hoping that the uh, patriotic independent publications and journalists and news uh, resources out there uh, would get so caught up in Afghanistan and trying to bring down Biden along with CNN and MSNBC and ABC and CBS and all the other um, adjunct um, uh, globalist um, outlets that, uh, you know, they, 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 that they would forget about it. Uh, but but that what they don't realize is that uh, most patriots can absolutely, uh, you know, they can absolutely multitask. <laughs> and uh, we don't keep one dog on the hunt. Uh, we got several dogs in this race, and that is the race to save America, restore our republic, honor our constitution, and bring back true liberty and freedom to all of us in these United States of America and to the world by virtue of that example. Um, so we'll see where that goes, you know, we'll see all that, where that goes. But I guess my main point to this in speaking is that something that might have eluded us and, and, you know, probably didn't, but might have probably did not, but might have is that, uh, this entire Afghanistan thing is, uh, is very much so it is very much so a distraction from what is going on in Australia. How many times have we talked about or mentioned Australia without going in depth? And I know here, I'll raise my hand at the Sea Report, we have not gone in depth on Australia and we are doing it today, ladies and gentlemen. We are doing it today. We're going to point out every factor, every minute, uh, you know, uh, uh, example of what is going on in Australia as, as a possible precursor while I don't think it will happen here in America, it is definitely a possible precursor. And the world is not even paying attention. 
Um, if people in Great Britain, I mean, we know that uh, the authoritarianism of these COVID, uh, COVID overreach, you know, this this uh, Gestapo of of um, uh, lawmakers and and this police state mentality, uh, this boot in the face, you're going to do what we tell you, uh, and it's in the name of your own health and security. We know that we're seeing that happening in Europe. You know, we're seeing it happening in France and and in some parts of the United Kingdom. Right. But if and even Canada, but if if they were to really, really buckle down and review exactly what has happened in Australia to this point, they would probably be up in arms as a fact that Australia is a crown colony, you know. Uh, but yet, as we look at Australia today, they are closer to communist China than they have ever been. And they are closer to communist China and their borderline concentration camps, 1930s, 40s Germany, than any other country in this nation has been to this point. A hundred percent. It's quite scary, ladies and gentlemen. And the direction that Australia is going in, we as American citizens, we as Americans, uh, or you know what, maybe I should take we, the people, out of this uh, this uh, equation, and I should say the politicians who like to pander to spreading democracy throughout the world, and the politicians who like to play the policemen of the world here in these United States of America, they should be looking at what's going on in Australia because there is an absolute stripping of civil, civil liberties and human rights going on in that country right now. Now, we've seen things in France uh, to the extent of where they won't even allow people into food markets without having a proof of vaccination. That is pretty harrowing, ladies and gentlemen. But what we're looking at in Australia right now is we're looking at literal concentration camps and we're looking at a military and a police force that is complying with the mandates of their government. Okay, very, very serious situation in Australia indeed. And I do believe, ladies and gentlemen, that again, Afghanistan, if not to distract Americans, is most definitely there to distract European crown colonies and the world from what is happening in that country right now. Uh, because if we took it as any evidence, if we took it as any evidence of what they're trying to push in these United States of America, then we would most definitely be up in arms. And, you know, as China goes, so goes the United Kingdom and its crown colony, so goes America. And the rest, uh, the rest of the uh, countries around, around the world either follow suit or they've already, or they've already been trampled underfoot. So uh, we're going to talk about Australia today, ladies and gentlemen. That is my main topic for discussion. Uh, and we'll also be covering other COVID matters um, around the world. We'll look a little bit at Canada. Uh, we'll look at Germany and also uh, Switzerland or Sweden, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken in that regard, before we wrap up today's C-Report. Uh, now, before we get into the report, let me just jump into the chat one more time to say hello, and uh, we will get underway, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Pill by the Rabbit says, I am in on a talk with the Texan on deep state and the symbols they use. Ooh, Pilled by the Rabbit. 
You better let me know when that is so uh, I can most definitely be present for that. I would love to uh, uh, hear and or see that. Unless, unless you mean you're you're having conversations offline. Tombstone says Australia uh, is a prime example of what happens when you surrender your weapons. Exactly. And uh, let's not forget that last bastion of hope uh, for we in the United States of America is uh, we don't we don't uh, we don't have our Second Amendment stripped of us. You know, so uh, I don't think and I've said this time and time again, I don't think we need to worry about uh, that happening. But ladies and gentlemen, you know, um, uh, you know how it keeps saying the time will come when Americans need to and will protest uh, will actually get in the streets. Um, this covid issue and this vaccination issue is most definitely one of those issues. And we're already seeing it here in the States. Uh, we've had protests in New York. We've had protests in Las Vegas. Uh, we had the truckers try try attempt to uh, organize a protest. Um, and we mentioned that a few nights ago here at the Sea Report. And uh, um, just just to just to uh, just to update on that entire situation here in the states, the truckers' protest actually fizzled. Uh, and did not get quite the steam that they were hoping it would, uh, much to the dismay uh, of the of the organizers of that movement. But it, it didn't. They didn't. They. I mean, like maybe two or three truckers showed up to that event. Uh, so it didn't do much here in the states. Um, that was actually originally uh, formulated in Australia. Um, and and if I'm not mistaken, based on my uh, readings. Uh, the Australian truckers also did not uh, move as many mountains as they had hoped that they would. Uh, Pilled by the rabbit says, at Millie, are you lurking here? If so, how much do they pay you? <laughs> are you asking Victoria Millie if she's lurking on the sea report? She's like, you always show my picture. <laughs> that is too funny. Uh, Tam Grell says, what's going to happen to the mainstream media when fraud is proven? It's going to be hysterical. And you know what, Tam Grell? We can all sit back and laugh um, at them. I don't know if I would necessarily have an I told you so moment, uh, but I, I would basically expect their lights to shut off in their offices and their screens to go dark. Um, they don't need to be here or around anymore. And the fraud is coming. It's there. That's why I've been saying, guys, that's the main hangup right now. It's the main hangup for all of us is the media. And we keep talking about uh, something's got to happen. What What is it going to take for people to wake up? Like it, like in mass, like, you know, uh, 2015, 16 through, uh, through 2020, that was a bunch of Americans waking up in mass, you know, but to get the rest of the people over that hill, you know, what will it take? And it will take something happening in the media. It has to be. Because even if something on a grand scale happened in America or around the world, the media would still be there to spin it to their propaganda addled desires, you know, in order to get whatever goal they have across the finish line. Something has to change in the media. That's where the hangup's going to be. And that's kind of where I see it being that case, you know, like we, we might think, oh, well, we need a we need a mass arrests uh, um, and declarations of, of treason and all that stuff in order for the people to wake up. 
But let's face it, as long as we have the same people in the mainstream fake news legacy media talking how they talk and their same owners and same, you know, um, uh, basically rain holders, um, 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 corrupting those organizations. And, and as long as they're still, you know, um, monopolized into six corporations that own everything, they're going to say, you know, the uh, far, far right, right wing, um, you know, MAGA people are the ones who arranged for this entire arrests and they're declaring false treason. I mean, look at, look at what we, uh, look at that interview we played with Sidney Powell yesterday, which was a very good example of exactly how they play. And, you know, I didn't, I don't even need to say that for you guys. I know you guys understand that. And uh, I know just in viewing uh, that, um, I, I know just in viewing that interview, you guys got that that is the way these people work. You know, that is the way that they work. So anyhow, uh, let's see here. Uh, Tam Grell says, yep, that's right. See, they entered through the Belt and Road Initiative. Absolutely. Uh, well, we're talking about China there, aren't we? <laughs> We're talking about China there. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know how China is playing into um, into Australia at the moment. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess that's, that's kind of like probably piggybacking on top of the uh, as China goes, so goes United Kingdom, so goes America. Yeah, that, that would be a true statement there. That would be a true statement there. And uh, man, let me tell you what, guys. Uh, the uh, the smoke and the dust is clearing on the battlefield. Uh, it is most definitely clearing on the battlefield, and we're starting to see now where the players are um, staged uh, in what's going on with Afghanistan in respect to the world, uh, the world scene here. You know, the the game board, uh, the game uh, game plate of the world. You know, we're really starting to see things are starting to flesh out exactly how they are going to be. Um, let's see here. Pilled up by the rabbit says not offline, but we need to talk about it. May in the dark as a subject. Sounds good. Pilled by the rabbit. I mean, you're going to come on the air pilled by the rabbit. I'll look forward to uh, having you along um, and I'll, I'll make sure to let Texan know. Uh, yes. Uh, a slide into my DMs pilled and uh, remind me uh, what we talked about just here now, or I'll just come back and read the chat, right? Ohio Kimmy. Good evening, ma'am. And welcome to the C chats. And uh, thank you for gifting the gold pill cookie. It is much appreciated as always. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that does it. Let's get into tonight's story. Can't wait to talk about Australia enough and uh, what we got going on there. But first, as always, President Trump leads at the Sea Report. So let's go ahead and read. He had a single statement for today uh, to share with um, all of us. Um, and he says, who are all of the people coming into our country? In addition to the southern border, with millions of unvetted people pouring in, we now have tens of thousands of totally unvetted Afghans, who many say are not the ones that should have come in. How many terrorists are among them? How much money is this costing? With all of these developments, our country is more unsafe now than ever before, and many Americans are still left behind still left behind. Um, and, and like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that is the uh, topic of conversation um, all around. And uh, true statements, true statements, red reports of, uh, you know, um, a a Taliban and Al-Qaeda coming in, um, you know, on uh, disguised in these refugee groups uh, being airlifted into the United States, which is why I was saying yesterday 
you know, uh, they really, really do need, they really do need to have uh, these terrorists in our midst prior to 9-11 so they can have an excuse for whatever they want to do, uh, either come, either come uh, the 20th anniversary of uh, the worst terrorist attack in uh, these United States of America or uh, thereafter, uh, because I'm sure you guys might have heard about it, uh, but apparently... Uh, we got uh, MSDNC warning about a terrorist attack at a rally on the 18th of September. Kind of makes you wonder, huh? They're like, okay, okay. We have our terrorists in America now. We flew them over under the uh, cover of being refuge, ref, refuge, refugees. Uh, and so now we can start to uh, spin the story uh, to get ahead of the new cycle and to plant in the brains of Everyone out there that listens to our for, uh, to our broadcast over here at MSDNC, uh, uh, that there could be a possible terrorist attack in America on September 18th at a rally. Right? What have we been talking about here for months at the Sea Report? We are in false flag season, so now maybe they will not blame it on a, a Taliban or an Al Qaeda terrorist in order to place the blame on an illegitimate Joe Biden in order to further. His, uh, his laundry list of reasons to be impeached. Uh, but uh, in those reports, they're talking about Americans. They're talking about patriots. They're talking about MAGA going over and uh, they're the Proud Boys, even though the Proud Boys are uh, created and owned by Vice Magazine and Gavin McGinnis, right? Uh, that's their origin, you know, and, and other individuals. You know, I heard even that, uh, that uh, uh, what, what was his name? That Ontario guy from Proud Boys, even he's a plant from what I understand. So anyways, he was sentenced recently, but again, shill, okay? So anyway, Enrique, 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 right? Anyways, that's his name. Okay, so uh, yeah, so um, again, so whatever storyline it is that they may want to go with, whatever narrative it is that they may want to push, and they're, 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 they're preempting one for September 18th, they have the people now in America that will move forward and fulfill that task in order for them to move whatever narrative that is that they need to move. Uh, so just be on the watch, be on the lookout, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, uh, talk about a false flag era for a uh, meet and greets and a uh, gathering of Patriot friends. Now there will be people um, in this country who will follow through if uh, the FBI, the CIA or other intelligence agencies cannot find a patsy or cannot find, uh, cannot find someone who will do it for them, you know, uh, by hook, by crook or paycheck. Uh, at least they have the Taliban, Al-Qaeda and ISIS in America to carry out those heinous tasks. So anyways, that is uh, that was the uh, um, one statement we had from President uh, Trump to share with you all today. Let's go ahead and move on to the rest of our report. Let's talk about the country of Australia. Now a police state, uh, the um, most heaviest locked down uh, country slash continent. Wow, they make it as a continent in regards to what is going on in uh, uh, the parameters of this COVID-19 planned pandemic, uh, the sham of a sickness uh, that has stricken the world. Uh, now, uh, to be clear, especially for those of us who are joining us on Cloud Hub or on Twitch, um, 100% absolutely. Um, there is, uh, uh, there's uh, the, how, how do I say this? 
uh, how do I say this? COVID-19, 100%, is a real disease. Now, okay, so, or disease, sickness, whatever you want to call it. But now even that's questionable. Even that's questionable. Uh, but to, to make this more digestible for those of you out there who are, uh, you know, uh, kind of just figuring out what's what and tuning in to the broadcast, um, you know, uh, as COVID goes and based on the uh, tests and other ways of, um, you know, uh, detecting this COVID-19, uh, it is real in the sense of how they document it and how they locate it based on whatever tests that they use. Okay. Now it's very questionable if it is actually a real thing other than just being the flu, right? Cause the flu seemed to vanish, you know, uh, apparently the flu did not wear its mask in public and, uh, the flu did not get its vaccine because COVID-19 took the common cold, the flu out, right? Because even now, I guess the common cold is COVID-19. And actually, if you were to look at its molecular biostructure, I mean, the common cold probably is COVID-19. <laughs> but anyways, okay. All right. So anyway, so yes, so those of you watching outside of the foxhole.app, you know, we, we never disregarded as COVID as being something that was not found by doctors and their methods, right? It's absolutely findable by the methods that these doctors and scientists use today. Okay, and we're not going to qualify that here at this moment. But the entire pandemic itself is striking the world. Uh, and yes, what is the definition of a pandemic? Uh, when uh, the same disease or sickness strikes multiple contents, uh, content, continents uh, in the world. Yeah, you could call it that because everyone gets the common cold and the flu around the world, but you don't call that a pandemic, do you? Now, what was false and fake about this entire uh, pandemic that was planned uh, by hmm, who knows what, who knows who, the CDC, uh, the uh, the World Economic Forum, uh, what other what other high ranking agency of elitist globalist, uh, you know, um, 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 slave slave drivers? Do you think uh, came together uh, to make this entire thing work for them? Right, uh, in conjunction with the media, might I add? Let's not take these guys out of the equation. Right. Um, and so uh, that entire fiasco, that, my friends, is exactly what we're talking about as being a sham and a fake, at least in the face of all of the data that has come out and is available to anyone that would care to dig a little bit deeper than the first search page of their um, their research or, you know, the headlines. Yeah. Dig a little bit deeper. Uh, it's a little bit harder now than it used to be, especially because a lot of the agencies, groups, and foundations that are espousing the truth in regards to the, um, the, uh, efficacy of this, uh, virus or this disease spreading and killing people, they've been censored, you know, they've been censored, banned, or removed, or just totally smeared. So you have to dig a little bit deeper now than you used to, but, most fortunately, uh, the evidence in the data has come out so clearly that there are a lot of venues that do share that data, um, that do get across that message. I mean, I would say, hands down, don't use Go Ogle. Stop using Go Ogle. Do not empower Go Ogle by using their search engines. Don't use Go Ogle Chrome. You know, don't use Go Ogle Gmail. You know, stop using Go Ogle. And particularly, well, okay, I'm just, I'm not trying to judge anyone, but I would say 
come on, you Patriot content creators. Let's uh, let's live by our examples. No, I mean, I use DuckDuckGo, okay? And on uh, DuckDuckGo, um, I can find more things than I can find on GoOgle. This is something that everybody knows. You know, I'm not saying anything new here. Uh, but what I'm saying is to those who don't know and those who haven't done the research but maybe would like to start, you'll have a harder time finding it on GoOgle than you will. And that's Google, guys. GoOgle, they ogle you. They go and ogle. Anyways, uh, you'll have a harder time finding finding, uh, you know, material content on GoOgle than you will on a platform like DuckDuckGo. I mean, that's 100% hands down just the way it is. Uh, you know, that's where I find all my funny pictures of politicians and swamp creatures because on GoOgle, they're all pretty, you know, uh, they're all pretty and, uh, you know, highly photogenic. Uh, among other things. Uh, so yeah, that's what I got to say about that regard to those of you who have not done this research and are looking to do it. Um, but yes, so let's get back into Australia. Uh, because again, a lot of information uh, we're seeing kind of being memory hold uh, in, in the face of what's happening in Afghanistan and, and even here in the United States of America. But this is a, a very important lesson for all of us to observe and to learn from so that we might acquire the wisdom to not allow our uh, governmental authorities, of course, that's authorities in their perspective, to uh, try and do the same thing. Bearing in mind, if you are an international viewer, we still have our guns. But this is what happens when you've relinquished that right to self-defense. Now, um, Australia, uh, at least some sections of it, have basically been in lockdown since the end of June, right? Because that's when this uh, Delta Schmelta variant... Uh, which is basically the byproduct of everyone having mRNA gene therapy sessions shot into their bodies. So they become COVID making factories uh, and uh, producing, you know, different types of uh, COVID. Um, uh, that's where this arose. And uh, around uh, June-ish, we start hearing the reports about the deadly Delta variant, which allegedly started in uh, India, right? Um, so in Australia, since uh, about the end of June, uh, they faced lockdowns in various parts of the country, uh, particularly uh, we're seeing in Sydney and Melbourne to be uh, amongst the um, uh, most highly locked down areas of the country. Now, here's an interesting factor. And I wonder if this might have to do something with the response that the the, uh, the governmental uh, powers that be have decided to take down Australia as quick as they have. Very interesting statistic, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh, as of the date of this report, only 14% of the people in Australia are fully vaccinated. So that might go a little bit of a ways to um, uh, identify why the government of Australia has cracked down so hard on their people and their citizens. I was like, wow, 14 percent. Um, you know, uh, America is like, what, three times that amount vaccinated, fully vaccinated, fully vaccinated. So uh, the percentage of uh, uh, vaccinated people in Australia who received one of the shots is higher, obviously, but fully vaccinated, only 14%. And we know that the globalists and the World Economic Forum and the CDC and the United Nations, they all have the plan to have uh, what? 
uh, at least 80% inoculated, fully vaccinated in their country. So that this way, whenever they flip the switch or whenever, you know, the dark winter comes, uh, you know, uh, everyone dies off and they have a, a much smaller population to uh, manhandle control and uh, a, a subject to slavery of their discretion, you know. So, uh, I, I mean, that might explain why the Australian government reacted, overreached as extremely as they have, to which I have to say, you know, hat, hats off to the people of Australia, uh, because dang, only 14% of them took the drink, the Kool-Aid, only 14% of, uh, of them took the bait. That, that's, uh, that's actually pretty admirable, you know, and, and I would say that that would mean that their citizenry is actually pretty, pretty savvy um, uh, to their rights and, uh, you know, my body, my choice, not me too. Me too, the government uh, stuck me with a jab, you know? <laughs> so anyways, um, okay, so uh, the lockdowns began there around the end of June in Sydney, Australia. Uh, they had more than 1,500 police flooding the city setting up roadblocks and making dozens of arrests as around 250 uh, people gathered. Um, and that was in, uh, let me see here. That was in uh, NSW. What is that? Uh, New South, uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I need to learn my Australia even more as much as I've read, uh, as much as I've read New South Wales. Okay. So that was a recent report that had basically come out on that. But what they're facing in Australia um, again, is, uh, you know, we've had large crowds gathering. Uh, there was also a large crowd reported to have gathered in an anti-lockdown rally in Brisbane. Again, in Sydney, Sydney, like I said, they had over 250 people gathering there. And this was recently. Um, and uh, again, they've been plunged into this lockdown since about late June. And now there are um, there is a reach of restrictions across the two states, uh, uh, Melbourne or Brisbane and Sydney as well, and uh, and the nation's capital. Um, and it's affecting over 15 million people in the uh, continent country of Australia. Um, police have been said to use a license plate recognition technology to monitor vehicles to make sure people are not leaving their lockdown zones. Uh, so, so now Australians have lockdown zones. Uh, they're not being allowed to move, I think, what, uh, outside of like, I think it was five kilometers of their home. Um, and if they are tracked down having done so, um, they're either issued a citation or they are arrested. And I'm, uh, I'm sure some of you guys probably saw that video. I don't have it to play here uh, of a woman who's being pulled over by a cop and she has her phone on broadcasting the uh, situation, the event. And um, the guy tells her that she's broken like restrictions and uh, basically she's a danger and he arrests her. And of course, the headlines say she's arrested for filming the incident, but that's not why she was arrested. He was going to arrest her before she, he even knew that she had that video recording. But that's just kind of one example there. Um, let's see here. So they have they have a five kilometer, if I'm not mistaken, um, a five kilometer um, like uh, area that can actually move. And this makes me think about the World Economic Forum and that video that we watched where they said uh, everything will be provided for you within like 15 kilometers of where you live. So you don't have to uh, move that far outside of your home. Right. Facial recon recognition technology and all that stuff. 
Um, so that's kind of uh, kind of what I also think about when I'm thinking about, you think about the draconian measures that they want to set up during uh, this entire uh, Great Reset by the World Economic Forum, kind of mirroring here communist China and also what we're seeing in Australia. Now, Australia has also sent troops so their military has been activated to help local law enforcement to uh, to enforce the new COVID lockdown. Uh, and this is across the board at this point. There have been nearly one million residents banned from leaving their neighborhood for work um, in anti-lockdown, pro even though, and that's why anti-lockdown protests have erupted. And that was as of uh, uh, the end of last month in August, uh, around what, the 21st or 26th, somewhere in that span of time, uh, there was um, there was uh, massive amounts of protests. And we also actually had massive protests yesterday. We'll talk about in a minute over in Australia. Uh, but imagine that a million residents are banned from leaving their neighborhood. They cannot leave their neighborhood. There's a boundary and they're tracking them with license plate technology and more stuff that they're developing. We'll share with you guys in just a minute. Uh, there were 300 troops that were patrolling Sydney and knocking on doors to make sure people are following orders and staying at home. So could you imagine having someone coming and knocking on your door just to make sure you're where you belong? Okay. Like this is already beyond. Okay. Like talking about like, you know, police forces and, and stuff like that at protests. We've seen that here in America. You know, um, we've seen that. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I guess I guess unless it wasn't like, you know, a left uh, a socialist Marxist controlled uh, city um, where the police don't come out because uh, they're afraid for their lives. We've seen this kind of thing here in America, but to where we have the military actively involved to where we have military knocking door to door just to make sure you're being a good little boy or girl and you're staying home is already an overreach. Uh, by the United States standards. Um, they've also had their military assisting policemen as they go door to door to perform Orwellian checkups on people suspected of violating lockdowns. So if you are a suspect of this, you will most definitely get a visit from authorities and the military. Uh, many Australians have already been filmed as they are being forced into mandatory isolation by authorities. And there's a lot of that film out there. There's a lot of that. Um, there's a lot of that um, documentation out there. I'm sure if you guys are on social media, um, that there are people who are dropping these videos all the time, you know, uh, and we see it. We see it. Uh, we see people standing up for their rights. We see people fighting back. Um, it's, it's getting pretty harrowing over there. Although uh, uh, it seems like it seems like the people of Australia are not yet quite at their breaking point. And honestly, guys, I don't want to know what their breaking point is. Uh, maybe they're measuring it out, considering the fact that they do not have arms to defend themselves with. Um, but uh, I mean, I guess we'll see what that is as this moves along. Uh, now, since Monday, um, authorized workers from the local government areas have been unable to enter their area unless they have received one dose of the vaccination. So again, like we're talking about here in America, where they're trying to create uh, two classes of citizenship, we're definitely seeing that in a country like Australia, um, where you have uh, special privileges if you've been vaccinated. Otherwise, you don't. You get to stay home and you get to uh, talk with the police and the military about your situation. That also goes for essential workers entering into Queensland. And Queensland is quite interesting. We'll talk about them in just a minute. Now, all in all, ladies and gentlemen, 
from head to toe, some of these residents in Australia have endured more than 210 days of strict stay-at-home orders. Can you talk about going stir-crazy, right? Going stir-crazy, being, being stuck at home under strict orders for 210 days or more. Uh, now, because of uh, these measures and these orders and these mandates that are being um, uh, leveled against the people of Australia, we've seen a lot of protests coming out of that. Now, some of the, some of the first big protests uh, broke out along the end of July. Uh, like I said, they went into lockdown during um, the month of June. And uh, it wasn't until about uh, July 24th was marked as one of the biggest protests to start it all. Uh, now, Disco Ball Chaser says in the uh, chat room, sounds like Australia are the guinea pigs. And again, I would I would agree with that. And and I would say uh, we Americans are being distracted by uh, the abject failure of Biden, because this is what we've been waiting for. Right. We've been waiting for his downfall. Uh, but, so we're not paying attention to all the details of what's happening in Australia and how they're doing it. So absolutely, they can be uh, they are guinea pigs for uh, what could come, particularly to um, countries and people that are not armed and uh, that do not have um, a sufficient means of self-defense. Um, it will come to America last if it makes it this far, of course, being the eternal optimist that I am. Um, I am I'm of the regard that we may pull out of this as a whole humankind before it gets to that point. Uh, Tam Grell, thank you for gifting the uh, gold pill can over there in the chat. Uh, much appreciated. Um, my voice was getting dry. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, as I was saying, around July 4th, we saw our first big protest. We had thousands of Australians marching through uh, Australia's two biggest cities in opposition to the COVID lockdown. And um, that was in Sydney and in Melbourne. Now, I'm sure a lot of y'all might have seen some of the footage from that. Uh, most definitely some of the images and pictures um, taken during that time. We had another massive protest, again, uh, happening about a month later. And this was on October 21st, uh, where we had another massive protest in Australia. Um, and, and, and in this protest on October 21st, what we were seeing was hundreds of people being arrested as these, um, these uh, lockdown protests finally started to break out into chaos uh, because people want their freedom, uh, understandably and justly so. Um, but again, we're seeing a police state here who is complicit and following along with uh, the orders and the mandates of their um, officials, government officials, um, uh, and it makes me wonder what the uh, incentive these law enforcement and military people have in doing what they're doing. You know, like, are they paid off exactly like the uh, Afghan military was to fight the Taliban? And then when they didn't get a raise, they quit? You know, um, that's kind of what I wonder about. Uh, what does it take for a, a law enforcement officer or a military serviceman to uh, to violate the rights of the people that they are meant to serve and protect protect um, from, uh, you know, enemies domestic for, for the police, uh, police officers and law enforcement to uh, d uh, um, foreign 
for the military as well. What does it take for them to uh, turn on their own? It's got to be a payout. You know, it's got to be some kind of payout. Uh, but again, talking about this second massive protest in Australia, um, we had um, we had uh, people gathering by the thousands um, uh, to um, to uh, oppose uh, the newest wave of Soviet-style lockdowns. Now, the military was deployed to assist local authorities as extra muscle to ensure that the protesters would comply. Australia's tyrannical COVID restrictions have been causing this unrest for weeks. Uh, in an effort to control the crowd, authorities resorted to using rubber bullets and tear gas as they clashed throughout the day. Again, thousands gathered in Melbourne and were met with the same heavy police response. Um, hundreds had been arrested across the country as authorities tried to track down the dissenters. Right. So it sounds like uh, they're really going commie over here, uh, taking a page or two out of communist China or Cuba and uh, trying to hunt down those who dissented. In Melbourne alone, almost 250 people had been arrested um, with countless more facing massive fines. Now we're talking about fines of upwards north of five thousand dollars fines north of $5,000 for violating this unconstitutional lockdown or for taking part in this protest. Um, and um, yeah, and that's just one of the things. So uh, what I'm going to do now is share with you guys a brief video that kind of summarizes what the people of Australia are going through right now. Um, it's uh, it's only about two and a half minutes long, uh, but it still has a, it still serves to uh, serves as an impact point on what we're seeing in that country. Um, you know how these videos go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see uh, let's see what they've got to say. Oh, my God. 
Oh, okay. Short video there. Uh, goodness. Okay. Oh man. I mean, again, guys, we're talking about uh, we're talking about uh, the people of America standing up and rising up. Uh, it's like I said, having a discussion uh, with someone close to me, uh, saying that uh, we need to pray for people to have the discernment and the strength to stop wearing the masks. And I was like, oh my goodness, boy, we need to pray for people to have the discernment and the ears and the eyes to completely just wake up before it gets to this point. Uh, now, Connie Ketchup in the chat says, I just wonder if they've already loaded these guys up with chips and shots, all that stuff to mess with the brain. And uh, I, I mean, I couldn't answer that uh, question or that thought, uh, respond to it, that thought with, with uh, any type of accuracy, but... But just based on the trajectory, I would say uh, because only 14% of the people in Australia are fully vaccinated, that's why this is happening. And it very well could be that they haven't. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why this many people are standing up. They're not like a mindless and brain dead like the people here in America where we got like what? A a allegedly almost half of the uh, people in America fully vaccinated. Um, but, uh, oh, these are, are, they're not calling these super spreader events yet. Right. But you have all of these people standing up and you look at that crowd, you look at, these are all kinds of people. We're not just talking about like, I don't know, uh, people who look like they're part of a militia. Then there are people who are like, uh, of a certain race, uh, or body type or gender. These are all kinds of people. And even going through all of the, uh, articles I was, uh, you know, um, reading through and researching through and you know there's there's just dozens and dozens of photographs all kinds of people all kinds of people coming out because of this i mean they've had it um the government australia has officially overreached and uh that's what i'm saying like um it it, it, it just it, it makes me wonder what 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 will be the point um i mean you <laughs> We're talking like we're, we're going to get to Lord of the Flies area here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're going to totally uh, bust out that guillotine, you know, uh, bring back, bring back the, uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> the gallows. I mean, it's just, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what, but ultimately, ultimately um, I feel like if the uh, government of Australia and its respective states don't relent and abide by the will of the people, uh, there will not be enough military there to protect them from the onslaught of citizens and humans that will come at them to force them to stop and make an example out of them. And we don't want to go there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but um, as I've said several times, you know, the tree of liberty needs to be watered, but may it be with the blood of our enemies and not with the blood of our heroes. Uh, so moving along from that, ladies and gentlemen, um, let me see here. We uh, Let's talk about yesterday's protest. Um, so yesterday we had another massive protest. Now, this one was bigger than any of the ones that we've had to this point. And it did not uh, it did not center specifically around 
um, its two most populated city states, cities and states. Uh, we're talking here about um, Sydney and Melbourne or Brisbane. Um, this this one was throughout uh, every state in their country, in their nation. Um, and what they had was what was referred to as a silent protest. Now, people who reported on this saw it as a very creepy, creepy scene um, to have this silent protest. And it swept across Australia. Um, they had 79 rallies in um, they had 79 rallies in New South Wales alone. OK, so 79 rallies breaking out in one state alone. Um, and then, of course, there were hundreds more that threatened to storm Queensland and Victorian parliaments. Uh, they had 153 arrests, at least in North uh, New, um, uh, New South Wales at that point. Uh, the silent protest groups demonstrated outside of government buildings around Australia's east coast on Tuesday. Demonstrations uh, were held in New South Wales, Queensland and Victoria with countless arrests. Thousands of Australians um, were venting their fury at state governments by holding dozens of coordinated silent protests across the country against this never-ending lockdown and compulsory COVID-19 vac vaccination. Now, we've talked about the lockdowns and we've talked about, um, you know, this uh, second class uh, uh, citizenship that they're creating by being uh, by a formula, uh, by uh, creating these uh, second, uh, these rules for those and not for the rest, if they've gotten their vaccinations, you know, and uh, um, but we have not talked about the compulsory COVID-19 vaccinations. Now, you might be thinking, well, you know, uh, if they're going to force people to stay within uh, what a uh, five block radius of their house, if they're not going to allow people to go to work, if they're not vaccinated, that's pretty compulsory. I'd say that's duress. Uh, but they've they've got other stuff in the works over there in Australia down under for those who have not been vaccinated. And I think that will be key moving forward. Now, New South Wales alone saw 79 separate demonstrations on Tuesday with police arresting more than 150 people for breaking health orders, banning gatherings to stop the spread of COVID-19 during what protesters billed as shutdown Australia Day. Just after 5 p.m., New South Wales police confirmed officers had arrested 153 people and issued more than 600 fines across the state. Um, and others were charged with offenses that included various breaches of the public health order, assaulting police, resisting arrest, refusing to comply with police direction and failing to move on. Uh, protesters gathered outside a number of local council buildings across Sydney to voice their displeasure at the uh, ongoing lockdowns. Similarly, a number of people were either arrested in Sydney, Sydney Southwest, or fined outside local councils at the likes of Fairfield City, Bankstown, Camden, Campbelltown, and Liverpool. Um, further arrests and fines were also given in New South Wales' northern region at venues such as Tweed Heads and Coffs Harbour in the southern region at Wollongong and Shell Harbour and at the western region at suburbs such as Tamsworth, Mudgee, and Bathurst. Uh, similar protests occurred outside government buildings and police stations in Melbourne and in Queensland, and 11 rallies were held in Sydney's southwest, which remains the center of the latest COVID outbreak. 
the protests were initially organized by truck drivers who were furious at vaccine mandates given to those in Sydney's 12 local governments, area hotspots, and any workers traveling into Queensland. Now, like I, I told you guys earlier, the uh, Truckers Initiative began in uh, began in Australia, and it actually went viral throughout the world, where we had supporters in the United States and in other countries. Unfortunately, in the United States, it was not effective, as many truckers did not show up to support. Um, the rallies morphed into a call for an end to lockdowns, COVID restrictions, and vaccine mandates as more people became involved. And they're still becoming involved. Like, this is not over by a long shot yet in Australia. Uh, and wait till I uh, share with you what's to come. Uh, maybe that's when the Australians will really reach their breaking point. But uh, similar scenes were seen in Sydney's uh, central business district and in the east with a silent protest also taking place outside the Waverley Council building. Uh, Grafton in northern New South Wales uh, saw one of the biggest turnouts with about 100 people silently protesting outside the Clarence Valley Council building where many were arrested for refusing to move. In Molumbimbi, near Byron Bay, a group of protesters were seen eerily humming as they stood near a local hall. Uh, 24 protesters were held in the state's Northern Rivers region on Tuesday. Now, in uh, the Goulburn region of New South Wales, uh, Southern Tablelands, uh, there were only 10 residents who showed up to protest. Uh, and in that, uh, in that aspect, uh, the um, um, law enforcement tried to reason with them. Uh, but there were 13 rallies throughout that southern part of the state. And in Queensland, um, which is actually not in lockdown. Now, Queensland is not in lockdown. Uh, they still had hundreds gathering outside the Gold Coast Council chambers to protest. Meanwhile, the Queensland Parliament building in Brins Brisbane uh, was completely locked down due to the mass of 150 protesters gathered outside. So Queensland is interesting because Queensland is not in lockdown. And in fact, in Queensland, uh, they've only had reports of four deaths due to COVID that were added to their local number statistics since this entire thing has happened with this Delta variant in June. Queensland has only had four deaths reported, okay, of, of all of them, right? They've had 26 infected people in their entire state in Queensland, only four deaths. They're not in lockdown. But interestingly enough, in Queensland, they have this going on. And this is what I'm talking about, the breaking point for Australians. May it never come to this, because this is scary, ladies and gentlemen, in Queensland, they have reports that now, already under construction, is the well camp, um, which is actually being touted as a vaccination camp, being built and constructed right now in Queensland, Australia. Okay, And uh, the government of Australia, as well as officials in Queensland, are touting it as the best way to keep you safe from COVID-19, and it is being considered a mandatory quarantine camp with, um, uh, with uh, speculation that um, obligatory vaccinations will occur to those who are taken to these vaccination camps. 
Uh, and WellCamp is one that is being built right now. It is currently under construction in Queensland, Australia. Talk about a dystopian Orwellian camp. Talk about uh, the horrors of, of, of the Holocaust returning uh, to the, the world front. We have a vaccination camp being constructed in Queensland, Australia at the time of this report. Uh, here is a report from a local news, Sky News in Australia, which was actually banned. They were censored and banned off Facebook, Sky News Australia, for their reporting on COVID-19. Uh, let's check out what they have to say about this uh, vaccination camp being built in Queensland right now. The Queensland government, meantime, has announced it will be building a regional quarantine hub at Wellcamp after striking a deal with John Wagner and the Wagner family. Live to Georgia Simpson in Queensland. Georgia, this is on top of the already announced federal government facility that's to be built. Good afternoon, Ash. That's right. And the Prime Minister found out about this announcement as the same time as everybody else when the Premier spoke at a press conference earlier today. Construction for the Wellcamp uh, quarantine facility has already started, apparently. And this has come after many talks with John Wagner and the Wagner family who own Wellcamp Airport. The Premier did say that the deal was commercial in confidence, but she assured everybody that it was going to be far cheaper than the Pink and Bar facility. It is going to be closely modelled on the Howard Springs facility in the Northern Territory, which has been very successful. There'll be 500 beds ready by the end of this year and a further 500 beds ready by the first quarter of next year. The Premier took a swipe at the Prime Minister today. She said that this could have been built months ago, which could have prevented outbreaks right around the country. And she's also said that if this had been built months ago, it could have prevented the pause on hotel quarantine in Queensland. The Prime Minister did hit back. He said that if the Premier was so desperate to build this months ago, then she could have. He also said the reason why the federal government wasn't on board with the WellCamp facility was because it didn't actually meet the criteria set out by the federal government. It wasn't close to an international airport and it wasn't close to adequate healthcare facilities. Take a listen. Well, she's been at liberty to do that for months. We've made it very clear that that facility did not see, meet the national guidelines, and that's why we're going together, um, forward together at Pinkerbar. Um, but the, the Queensland government was always in a position to go ahead with that facility if that's what they wish to do, and, and to have people quarantine there rather than in hotel facilities. That is entirely a matter for the Queensland government. So this means that there will be two quarantine facilities in Queensland and it has raised the question about quarantine for tourists and, and Australians. Even after international borders reopen, will people still have to quarantine when they enter Australia, regardless of whether or not they're vaccinated? The Premier did sort of skirt around these questions. She wouldn't say for sure whether that was the plan intended for the future. She did say that the Delta outbreak had turned the world on its head and that you could still pass the virus on even if you were double vaxxed. She did say, though, that the 14 days of quarantine seemed to stay for now? Hopefully over months and years we might get to a better position um, on the international evidence but at the moment the 14 days uh, will stay. The Premier also said that the community had been crying out for these uh, regional quarantine hubs. She said it's something that Queenslanders desperately wanted and that they really should be being built right around the country. She also said that this uh, quarantine hub, the WellCamp quarantine facility, would be the best one in Australia. Take a listen. Queenslanders want this centre utilised. I have listened to Queenslanders. I know how much they support a regional quarantine facility 
to be in Queensland. They want their community kept safe. I spoke to the Toowoomba Mayor, Paul Antonio, earlier today, and he said that this announcement completely blindsided him. He had no idea that this kind of facility was going to be built in his community and that the community uh, in this part of Queensland perhaps wasn't on board uh, with the quarantine facility being in in regional Queensland, as the Premier has made out. He said that there were a lot of fears still to be dispersed in the community and a lot of questions that needed to be answered, Ash. All right. So there you have it. That was just one of the reports uh, in regards to this uh, this uh, vaccination camp coming up into display. Um, now, um, again, they're building, they're planning to build multiple mandatory quarantine facilities where they would be able to house rule breakers who have been ignoring lockdown orders and keep them from leaving. Okay. Um, and once these facilities are built, um, if the Australian health regime deems that uh, anyone in particular needs to be put in a timeout or taken to one of these facilities, uh, then they will be approached by a heavily armed squad of basically COVID Gestapo. Uh, absolutely something that we're seeing coming this way. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, it's... Uh, you know, Tam Graz, good question is who is in charge and who's really doing this? Certainly not Australians. I mean, well, you know, I mean, I would say uh, these people who are bought out to whatever power it is that holds on them, whoever it is that's pulling their strings, that's something that we're seeing here. And uh, they're most definitely trying to, uh, tr they're trying, well, for whatever reason it is, you know, and we can all speculate about what it is. Uh, and there's a, there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of uh, evidence and, and discussion about why they're doing these things. You know, um, this is this is basically what it's boiling down to right now in Australia. Um, may it serve as an example to the rest of the world um, what we could be facing if we allow them to get away with this. Now, uh, here's another interesting fact uh, in regards to this. Uh, you saw the, uh, I guess she was the PM of uh, Queensland talking about authorizing uh, that wellness camp in their state, et cetera. Um, and, and basically that these are things that, uh, that are, are kind of been, have kind of been dreamed up by uh, elements like the CDC, which you, you have to kind of wonder why is it that they are uh, falling back on um, um, an agency uh, an American agency, nonetheless, uh, like the uh, CDC, uh, in regards to uh, these types of establishments. Where do these blueprints come from? Could it come to America? Um, well, uh, we do know that the CDC has already published um, an approach uh, that talks about creating this type of facility or this type of building to house uh, as a COVID internment camp and they do that using the euphemisms such as a green zone or as a shielding approach to make it uh, easier to digest for people who are just learning about it. Now, you guys remember, if you do, uh, and and I actually, uh, where I talked about this, in, this entire internment camp thing that the National Guard is hiring for, okay? I mentioned to this to you guys, probably, I mean, I, I gave you the story on this probably about two weeks ago or so, maybe a little bit more. And, uh, and recently, cause, uh, that was about, you know, it was July, um, the national guard pulled, 
uh, those those job openings. And but then they recently put them out there again, you know, and I actually have a separate story on them doing that again. But in lieu of that, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a look at uh, what the Center for Disease Control and Prevention's website says about these green zones, about building uh, uh, COVID internment camps in America. This is their this is their plan. This comes from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website. Interim operational considerations for implementing the shielding approach to prevent COVID-19 infections in humanitarian settings. Okay, what is the shielding approach? The shielding approach aims to reduce the number of severe COVID-19 cases by limiting contact between individuals at higher risk of developing severe disease and the general population. High-risk individuals would temporarily be temporarily relocated to safe or green zones established at the household, the neighborhood, the camp sector, or community level, depending on the context and the setting. They would have minimal contact with family members and other low-risk uh, residents. Current evidence indicates that older adults and people of any age who have any serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. Okay, that sentence right there, it reminds me of how uh, they took old people, they took, uh, you know, um, people who had disabilities, uh, they took um, uh, people who, and then, for, I mean, uh, uh, barring those two, it was just, you know, preference on lifestyle and race into concentration camps. You know, they took uh, people who had, uh, you know, uh, um, a, um, um, physical uh, ailments, physical uh, disabilities, mental disabilities, old people, all that. They took into these, oh, goodness, uh, where did I go? Where did I go? They took them into concentration camps. And that sounds exactly kind of like what we're seeing in that. Let me, let me pop back over here. Let me go back. I accidentally hit a link. My bad. Okay. So anyway, so uh, that's what that sentence is saying there. Uh, let's see what else it has to say in the rest of this. That is the shielding approach, basically. And it kind of goes on to break it down. If we're going to do it at the household level, you know, it's keeping them isolated at home, which basically we're already seeing here at the neighborhood level, a designated shelter group of shelters um, within a small camper area where high-risk members are grouped together, uh, neighbors swap households to accommodate high-risk individuals. So again, that's like the uh, World Economic Forum talking about uh, they can only like leave within a, like what a mile of their home, within blocks of their home. They can't go anywhere else. And then you have the camp or sector level, a group of shelters such as schools, community buildings, uh, you know, vaccination camps, uh, camp well, um, uh, max 50 high-risk individuals per single green zone where high-risk individuals are physically isolated, okay? And uh, the CDC's page goes on to talk about operational considerations, uh, what they'll dedicate to each green zone, uh, however it might be. Uh, it goes on to define, uh, you know, high-risk uh, scenarios, whether they be minors or whether they have tuberculosis or whether they have HIV, all the other stuff. Um, additional considerations, um, population characteristics and demographics, timeline considerations, plan for an extended duration of implementation time, at least six months, okay? So not only are they going to force you into these facilities and force you to be inoculated, they're going to keep you there for an extended period of time. I don't see anything good coming out of this, and this is coming from the CDC's website, okay? This is where uh, this is where Queensland, Australia is getting their ideas from the CDC and the WHO. Who? That's right. Those tyrants 
who think they can dictate a medical procedure on all of us. So yeah, if you guys want to see this again, that's on the CDC's website. Um, let's see here. There we go. There we go. All right. All there is that for you all to uh, view at your own leisure. Um, and uh, yeah, that's where a lot of these things are coming from, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, there you go. Uh, that is another uh, bit of evidence there that's more. And then, to me, that's going to be the breaking point when they start dragging people out of their houses and their homes to go get vaccinated. Uh, hopefully that is a point where, uh, they've already, uh, seen that kind of, um, a regard against it. So, uh, let me see here, uh, real quick. Uh, uh, Michael says their attempt to, to take control and depopulate is right in our face. Connecting the dots is becoming clear. I will write about this soon, says Yavapai Michael. Let me know where you write about that, Yavapai. I'd love to read your article. Um, F103 says, uh, I've been looking for COVID for over a year. Haven't seen it yet. Ah, you see, that's what I'm talking about. Um, and then uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, okay. Pill is talking to Texan. Nat Handy says, hi, dang, I'm late. I just finished Cult of the Medics. Uh, absolutely, Nat Handy. We will be watching Cult of the Medics tonight, a watch party at Mr. C in the Dark. Uh, you're welcome to join us, and uh, I will. F I find the infrastructure bill coincides with uh, Biden's words of "build back better" due to the hurricane, China, Afghanistan, and takeover of minerals to build. Uh, neighbors swap households. No one else is just me bringing a little bit of levity. Um, but yes, absolutely. Uh, so this is something that we're seeing uh, on all fronts in uh, Australia, and no one's taking heed because we are focusing on. Uh, Afghanistan. That's not to say that we're not paying attention, but really soaking in the details of what's going on. Now, why is she on the screen? Okay, uh, let's see. What's What do we got here? Um, okay, so here's what's coming up next. Aside from these uh, this camp well and this forced lockdown of the people of Australia, we also have something, a bill that has just been passed and really, this woman has nothing to do with it just yet. I, I kind of feel I kind of jumped the gun here. Let me uh, uh, just for my own sake, let's bring back Australia lockdown. Okay, cool. All right. So, uh, all right. So, uh, with uh, Australia going into lockdown, not only do we have these wellness camps that will be uh, people will be subjugated to in uh, the country of Australia, they have just passed a bill that is called. Um, let me see. The name of the bill here is the identify and disrupt bill. Okay. We're taking it another step towards uh, communist China, right? And basically under the identify and disrupt bill, Australian authorities now have the ability to access any citizens, social media, email account without consent. And they can also add and delete information and even send messages. Okay. So uh, the Australian parliament passed unprecedented legislation that gives federal police near unrestricted powers to spy on Australian citizens by gaining access to their social media and email accounts without their knowledge. And especially if they've been suspected of criminal activity. Uh, the totalitarian identify and disrupt bill creates three new types of data disruption and warrants uh, that the Australian Federal Police and the Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission can use to copy, delete and modify content on individuals online accounts. Uh, 
Federal authorities will be able to impersonate the account holder and send emails or messages to their online correspondence. The measure easily passed the Senate with sweeping support despite legislators falling, failing to set up um, proper safeguards that were recommended by bipartisan um, joint committees. Okay, so this is pretty crazy, ladies and gentlemen. Talk about Orwellian, talk about draconian, talk about uh, authoritarian, talk about, um, talk about, um, you know, this uh, tyrannical overreach, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they're finding every way to clamp down on their own citizens because uh, these these uh, uh, these uh, totalitarians are quite miffed that they have not reached the goal that was set out for them by probably the United Nations, the uh, World Economic Forum, and the WHO to have at least seventy to eighty percent of their population inoculated. Okay, inoculated and. Um, so like I said, this this passed through with flying colors in the uh, the uh, Australian Parliament. Okay, um, um, and uh, there was there was some people who pushed back on it, and they even wanted to add amendments to this bill to uh, dampen the unconstitutionality, dampen the over over um, overbearing uh, violations on civil rights, um, but even still. Warrants that are issued will not even need to be signed off by a judge or a magistrate. Can you imagine that? Under this bill, a, a police officer can just write the warrant up himself. Say you have been a uh, pain in his butt as a neighbor for 20 years. Well, guess what? Under this bill, they can go ahead and just pretend uh, that, uh, that there's a reason why they're pissed off about the entire situation. Um, and uh, like I said, uh, is issued without a signature from a judge or a magistrate, um, they will only need to issue be issued by the government's administrative appeals tribunal, whatever that is. It sounds pretty uh, Orwellian to me. Uh, the surveillance legislation amendment, the Identify and Disrupt Bill, um, actually originated in 2020, uh, but it's passed the entire parliament. It just needs to be signed uh, which is called Royal Assent in the uh, Government of Australia. Now, let's bring this woman up onto the screen. This is Karen Andrews, and she is the Home Affairs Minister. Uh, now, she uh, she actually did oppose this and uh, was one of the uh, lawmakers there that tried to introduce an amendment to implement some kind of safeguard against the overreaching powers of this tyrannical totalitarian bill. Uh, and that included a sunset clause to basically put an end to it so it did not exist forever. So the new powers would expire after five years and uh, also um, an amendment that would include stronger criteria to the implementation of warrants or the issuing of warrants. Andrew said the amendment would mean data disruption warrants would need to be reasonably necessary and proportionate and data disruption and account takeover warrants would need to specify the types of activities proposed to be carried out. So under the warrants currently authorized in this bill with no amendments, they don't even need to specify, be specific about why they are breaching or breaking into an account holder's account. They can just do it, um, I guess, at will. But again, these amendments were defeated and the bill passed easily due to Labour's support. Now, Labour's uh, most typically uh, lefties, 
um, uh, over in any uh, body of government. Um, when the bill was first being introduced to the Australian Parliament in August 2020, officials claimed that the newly overly intrusive powers would only be used to target serious offenses such as terrorism, drug trafficking, or child pornography. Uh, but we see clearly here in this climate of authoritarian, totalitarian control, uh, simply not following your local health director's mandates can be considered a serious offense by the government of Australia. Now, uh, this individual here by the name of Kieran Pender is a top lawyer at the Human Rights Law Center and uh, he spoke with uh, the Guardian about the government's rushed power grab. Okay, because uh, this bill was introduced in 2020, but when it was uh, brought back into a legislative consideration, it flew through there immaculately fast. Now, uh, Kieran Pender said the bill's powers are unprecedented and extraordinary, extraordinarily intrusive. They should have been narrowed to what is strictly necessary and subject to robust safeguards. He also said it is alarming that instead of accepting the committee's recommendations and allowing time for scrutiny of subsequent amendments, the Morrison government rushed these laws through Parliament in less than 24 hours, which is pretty crazy, ladies and gentlemen. When we're talking about what uh, rights these people have, it's insane, ladies and gentlemen, insane. Now, finally, to wrap up on what is going on in Australia, another and final draconian measure that is being introduced into their country. So we should all keep mind of what is going on over there. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Afghanistan and Biden have served their purpose of uh, keeping Americans in the dark. If we're not, uh, you know, if we're not uh, scanning headlines every day, like I am, um, facial recognition apps are now being introduced into the country of Australia. I mean, come on, right? Like what else are they gonna do, right? Um, now, facial recognition um, apps are being uh, developed in Australia um, uh, to which uh, facial recognition and geolocation data will be used to track their citizens in part of the country's draconian efforts to control the coronavirus. Again, all of this is being done in the name of your safety and security. So give up your liberty and your freedom and uh, your free will and freedom of choice. Citizens of Australia who have already experienced the harshest quarantine policies in the Western world will be required to download an app that lets the state text them at random times, giving them 15 minutes to respond with a picture of themselves with location data to prove they are following quarantine orders. Could this be the breaking point for uh, the people down under? I mean... Well camps, uh, you know, um, uh, authorized spying um, and and uh, this talk about a nanny state. Talk about Big Brother. Talk about Orwell. Now, this is what I found kind of ironic about this entire scenario. We've talked about the publication called The Atlantic, you know, the one that's funded by uh, Steve Jobs, uh, widow, widow S, the uh, she who is akin to George Soros, 
when it comes to funding leftist and Democrat and Marxist and socialist campaigns. Uh, was, what is her name? Laureen Powell Jobs. Well, her publication, The Atlantic, ironically, uh, had this to say about these facial recognition apps and geolo geolocation uh, requirements. Interstate travel within Australia is also severely restricted, and the government of South Australia, one of the country's six states, developed and is now testing an app as Orwellian as any in any uh, uh, as Orwellian as any in the free world to enforce quarantine rules. So even the leftist publication, The Atlantic, consider, considers this Orwellian and beyond. It says people in South Australia will be forced to download an app that combines facial recognition and geolocation. The state will text them at random times and thereafter they will have 15 minutes to take a picture of their face in the location where they are supposed to be. Should they fail, the local police departments will be sent to follow up on that person. We don't tell them how often or when on a random basis they have to reply within 15 minutes. Premier Stephen Marshall explained, I think every South Australian should feel pretty proud that we are the national pilot for the home-based quarantine app. Can you guys believe that? I mean, uh, that's worse than being on probation uh, with colors even. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you will, you will be forced to have an app wherein you will be forced to respond within 15 minutes of your government's request requirement and tell them where you are with a picture. That's insane, ladies and gentlemen. That's insane. I'd already be thinking of ways around it, like having a burner phone <laughs> and maybe a friend who stays at home that can show them a photo, photo, a photo of me and uh, can snap that picture. Uh, the Atlantic, the Atlantic, again, a leftist publication, concluded that Australia traded away too much liberty in the name of fighting the coronavirus. Can you believe it? Even the leftist publication, The Atlantic, decrees that Australians traded away too many of their liberties in order to have protection from the scary boogeyman that hides under the bed or in the closet that is known as the coronavirus, which um, you have a uh, 98 to 99% chance of recovering from, barring that you don't have any uh, immun immunodeficiencies um, or, or other, um, uh, other uh, elements that could cause you to, uh, to uh, have a weakened immune system. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think that wraps it up for Australia. We can uh, move along now. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully this uh, this will this will be worthy of uh, of sharing at least uh, because, like I said, um, this entire thing is being whipped out down under. And uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I saw the news lines, I saw the headlines, I saw the reports. Didn't uh, would read some of them. Didn't really didn't really understand the scope of totalitarian lockdown that the people in Australia are going through. And uh, this is pretty bad, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we'll, we'll try and stay abreast on what other developments happen down under. 
Um, uh, cause I'm sure, um, like we said yesterday was, uh, uh, the biggest mass protest in the country. I'm sure that will not be the last by any means, um, in regards to, uh, the citizens of Australia. Now time is running short. So let's jump quickly over to Canada and talk about what they got going on over there with the coronavirus. Uh, we're seeing again, like, uh, Australia is the, Australia is the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? How would you say they are the gold standard of how to lock down your citizens and, you know, beat them into submission and, and overreach with tyrannical rule. Definitely the uh, test case for the world, as Just V said in the chat rooms there. Um, but now let's look at Canada. I'd say Canada is not too far behind, uh, but, but definitely they are far more ahead by leaps and bounds in regards to their civil liberties and freedoms. Um, something developing out of Canada, as we all know, they have their elections coming up uh, on September 20th of this month. That is approximately uh, what? 16 to 17 days, if you're including today, away uh, from elections in Canada, right? And already, uh, as we've discussed here on the show, well, it was actually at Mr. C in the Dark, uh, we talked about how uh, there doesn't seem like there's so much hope for people in Canada, uh, especially in regards to political parties that represent the will of the people. But if that weren't enough, um, Elections Canada has uh, threatened to turn away voters who show up in person to vote without wearing a mask. So in Canada, if you have no mask, you have no vote. Now, the Canadian Elections Agency held a press conference stating that those who had no medical exemption in areas that required a mask to be worn indoors would be turned away from the polling stations and not allowed to cast their votes. Chief Electoral Officer Stephanie Peralt told Canadian media, according to the Toronto Star, that if you have a medical reason to not wear a mask, then you will not be denied the right to vote. However, she also added, if it's just a matter of personal choice and the mask is mandatory in the jurisdiction in which you are voting, they will apply those rules. Okay, And she recommended that anyone who did not wish to wear a mask while voting should vote by mail instead, with Canada expecting as many as 5 million people to cast their votes by mail this year. Do you smell a fraud? Compared to the 50,000 that casted their votes in 2019. I'm sure they want people to cast their votes by mail in Canada. I'm 100% positive that that is their goal. Uh, while Elections Canada also notes that ID is required to vote, it is not clear whether citizens will be asked to remove their masks at polling stations to allow officials to verify exactly who they are. Elections Canada has also stated that it does not expect the result of the federal elections to be finalized until days after September 20th due to the need to count a large number of projected mail-in ballots. You know, now it sounds like to me the political par parties and the constituency of Canada is not at the level of America where, you know, you have like, I don't know, 75 to 85 million people show up in support of a particular candidate, thereby requiring them. Uh, and by them, I mean the people who are trying to steal the election uh, to have to print up um, 
hundreds of thousands of fake ballots and votes and uh, use days upon days to count that uh, number in order to get their false candidate across the finish line. I'm sure it's not that way in Canada, at least uh, by my assessment and uh, in discussion with friends uh, in regards to what is going on in that country and their constituency and their uh, electorate. Um, they probably don't need many days after the 20th, but it's going to take them days nonetheless, just like in Venezuela and other socialist countries and communist countries. According to Elections Canada, those requesting mail-in ballots uh, must do so before September 14th and submit them before the polls close in their individual area, although I'm sure they don't mind uh, to count uh, ballots that come in after the 20th. I'm almost guaranteeing that. But they do say that um, ballots received after the deadline will not be counted. They will not be counted. Current COVID requirements in Canada uh, include all federal employees to be fully vaccinated, as well as all air travelers and those taking trains to different provinces to be vaccinated. These are requirements mandated by the government of Canada. Um, and unless a person can prove medical exemption for inoculation, they will be forbidden from traveling by those means. Now, speaking about political parties in Canada, and uh, if there really is a party that patriots, patriot, and patriots, pa Canadian patriots, uh, those who love freedom, liberty, and those who love humanity and freedom of choice, uh, and, and follow, uh, you know, ideas um, as espoused in the Constitution of the United States of America, and you know, they could even go back as far as to espouse uh, uh, beliefs in their own documents uh, when we're talking about things like the Magna Carta right? Because that's European that came from Britain, didn't it? Uh, the, uh, the question came to my mind, uh, particularly when we were having that discussion at Mr. C in the Dark uh, with our friend J K J Jen K. Canadian Patriot Bird, um, uh, otherwise known as Book Nook, another channel found here at the foxhole.app and pill.net. Uh, is there really a political party that, um, you know, uh, um, a Canadian first patriots can rely on in their own country? Well, as we discussed and discovered, that one party would be uh, the People's Party of Canada um, and uh, their, um, I guess, their leader, um, otherwise known as Maxime Bernier, has also come under persecution and political trials because of his beliefs and because of the fact that he is also someone that believes in the uh, free will and freedom of choice when it comes to vaccinations and mask mandates. Now, even the Canadian People's Party leader, uh, Maxime uh, Bernier, has been arrested, has been arrested for those views and for violating the mandates of the uh, health government and the government of Canada. Um, we saw in June, uh, Maxime, Bernie, Maxime Bernier uh, being arrested. Uh, and keep in mind, Maxime Bernier, who is the leader of the People's Party of Canada, um, also served as Canada's Prime Minister of Foreign Affairs in the government of former Prime Minister Stephen Harper, uh, but again, he was arrested by Mounties in St. Pierre Joyles on the first day of his tour of Manitoba. Okay. And this was for violating anti lockdown rules. Okay. Uh, now, his tour was dubbed the Mad Max Manitoba Tour um, and uh, for refusing to quarantine himself under the province's uh, um, 
uh, coronavirus uh, guidelines, they uh, they booked him and they took him into jail. Uh, earlier in the day, before this uh, anti-lockdown rally in which he was um, arrested, uh, and following an event in uh, Neverville, Bernier tweeted that he had been warned by police officers that he would be subject to arrest if he continued to hold rallies in the province uh, in violation of their coronavirus guidelines. The PPC leader um, has been a fierce critic of coronavirus restrictions and lockdowns and took part in a rally of thousands of people in Toronto in May. So, you know, following close on the heels of what he did in Toronto in May in Manitoba, they arrested him. Okay. Um, and uh, Bernier has also been slammed um, by leftist politicians in Canada, such as the far left New Democrat Party, whose uh, leader, Jagmeet Singh, and also the leftist Calgary mayor, Nahid Nenshi, links the People's Party of Canada and uh, Maxime Bernier uh, with, uh, with uh, white nationalism and far-right extremism, okay? So uh, if, uh, ladies and gentlemen of these United States of America, if we were going to support any party in Canada right now, it seems like it would be the People's Party of Canada. And to my Canadian friends, we will rally behind you. And uh, we need to know these things. Uh, Jen K. Canadian Bird and myself uh, diffused that situation on the air. And it was like, yes, it is the People's Party of Canada. That would be basically like your uh, your MAGA, your America First, your, uh, um, you know, constitutionalist, conservative type of movement in Canada is the People's Party of Canada, which interesting enough, um, the People's Party of Canada um, um, uh, what, uh, came out of or was grown out of a, cons a conservative party that kind of fell by the wayside. And when that fell by the wayside, Maxime Bernier, uh, you know, stood up and took down, took on the mantle of creating a new conservative party. And they called that the People's Party of Canada. It's a populist party. Does not get a lot of um, attention or respect um, and does not get a lot of uh, political play but this would be the party that you would want to support. It's kind of like the uh, alternative, uh, the uh, German German party um, alternative, the Deutschland, uh, which is the German alternative, which is the conservative party, which is anti-socialist and anti-leftist uh, you know, leftist in that government. Now, uh, the People's Party of Canada has been referred to as a, as a classical liberal, conservative, libertarian, and populist movement or political party while being seen on the right wing to far right spectrum um, as uh, those who are on the traditional left would call them. A real quick review of the People Party, People's Party of Canada, their website. Thought I would bring this up uh, to you guys so we can further dig into this uh, political party a little bit so we know who to show our support to and to root for over um, in the uh, northern neighbor, uh, Canada, um, let's see, this is their website, the People's Party of Canada. Um, and, uh, this is the, this is the, uh, let's go to the about page here. Okay. Oh, well, this is, uh, our leader, uh, talks about Maxime Bernier and his, uh, his history. Um, let me see here. I'm more uh, interested in this. Our, okay. Our party, the People's Party of Canada, the People's Party of Canada brings together common sense, populism, classical conservatism, and liber libertarianism 
to create solutions adapted to, for the challenges of the 21st century. Our beliefs are succinctly summarized in our four founding principles, freedom, responsibility, fairness, and respect. These principles guide and inform the policies of the People's Party. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about Maxime Bernier. Our mission is to offer Canadians a real principled alternative to the corrupt establishment parties, which rely on pandering and voting uh, vote buying schemes to further their interests and those of lobbyists rather than those of the people. Um, so that's that's uh, that's all pretty much in line with what we come to expect and fight for here in America, based on our beliefs in the Republican Party or conservative parties. Now, again, uh, could there be rhinos in the People's Party of Canada? Would they be called pinos? Uh, you know, People's Party of Canada in name only? Uh, it could be possible. You know, I mean, we don't really know exactly all of the details uh, in, you know, other countries and in regards to specifically this political party, which seems to be the Canada first movement for their country. Uh, but as Gen K Canadian Bird pointed out, you know, a lot of the politicians are totally bought out and paid for. And I'm not saying that Maxime Bernier is, but if there were enough people in the country of Canada who stood behind a party like this and fought for it and held their elected leaders accountable, uh, then perhaps they could root or weed those out and really form something that can get a foothold for the freedom and liberties of Canadians and could really fight for a Canadian first agenda that will take care of their people and fight for what has been lost over decades of uh, government overregulation and spying and propaganda. Anyways, before we uh, step away from the People's Party of Canada, let's look at uh, some of their platform. Just, I really feel like we should share this with uh, the friends. In regards to firearms, they uh, are for fighting the respecting illegal firearms owners and targeting criminals. So it seems that they have some form of Second Amendment um, uh, platform in the party. Equalization, uh, fairness for all provinces, uh, COVID policy, a rational approach that respects our rights and freedoms. Healthcare, giving provinces the incentive to deal with wait times and rising costs. I don't know how that plays into their socialist healthcare, uh, you know, um, uh, methods over there in Canada. But uh, public financing, balancing the budget in a first mandate, then cutting taxes. Global warming rejecting alarmism and focusing on concrete improvements, freedom of expression, protecting Canadians from censorship and discrimination, economy, encouraging investment and productivity growth, indigenous issues, a new relationship based on mutual respect, veterans standing behind the men and women who sacrificed for our country, Canadian identity, ending official uh, multiculturalism and preserving Canadian values and cultural. Sounds like nationalism to me, sounds like uh, isolationism, right? According to globalist standards. Refugees, ending open borders policies and prioritizing persecuted groups. Immigration, reducing overall levels and prioritizing skilled immigrants. Pipelines, allowing our oil and gas industry to grow. Foreign policy, focusing on the security and prosperity of Canadians. Um, a supply management, making dairy, poultry, and eggs more affordable, and internal trade, getting rid of uh, interprovincial trade barriers. So, these ideas, you know, at least in 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 part for most, seem to align with uh, America's values. Uh, and I think uh, maybe the uh, PPC, the People's Canadian Party of Canada, is worth uh, you know supporting and looking into at least for 
our friends to the north of us, um, uh, those would be in Canada. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to our last story. We're actually going to make the deadline tonight. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, let's go over to Germany and talk a little bit about what's going on over there with them in regards to COVID. Now, um, this is actually a bit of good news for the people of Germany. German employers will not be allowed to request workers vaccination status. So saith the labor minister. So that's actually a good thing. Yay, Germany. Yay, Germany, you must remember some things from a couple of decades ago that apparently people in Australia did not learn about. The German government rejected a suggestion on Wednesday that would give employers the right to find out whether their employees were vaccinated against the, uh, the uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the Minister of Labor and Social Affairs, a man by the name of Hubertus Heil, um, said that Germany has strict privacy laws and employers cannot force workers to sh show such information, although he agreed that pragmatic solutions are needed for places that are at greater risk of transmitting the virus. Uh, and these places would include hospitals and prisons. Um, regarding places that are at greater risk, it is likely that employees will have to show in the future that they have either been vaccinated or recently tested negative or recovered from the COVID virus, although there are no such laws that have been passed yet. So there, therein lies their slippery slope. While they are not requiring it now, they may require for at-risk health, er, at health areas to do so which is kind of the platform that we've seen here in these United States of America, particularly in Texas, uh, where they've uh, done away with uh, all of these mandates, but you still are forced to show your papers. No, not show your papers, but wear your mask in places like hospitals. Um, 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 exceptions, exceptions, exemptions to Germany's privacy laws were made in August to allow restaurants to reopen with staff and customers required to show that they are vaccinated or recently tested negative. Oh, now there and there's another clincher right there. Germany's privacy laws made exemptions in August and they allowed restaurants to reopen with staff and customers required. So Germany, why, what's all this hubbub about when you're requiring uh, restaurants uh, to have employees and, uh, you know, uh, customers show their papers? All right. I smell I smell uh, I smell um, I smell a sleight of hand here. Heil's remarks do coincide with an agreement from the cabinet on September 1st that ruled employers must allow their employees time off to get vaccinated. Oh, you know, right? I don't need that time off. Uh, the Minister of Justice and Consumer Prote Protection told the Funke Media Group that people's health information is personal and sensitive, but agreed that granting employers this information might be possible in risky workplaces. A restaurant is not a risky workplace. You know, um, have some sneeze guards, guards handy is basically all I could say to that. Germany has one of the lowest recorded death rates per capita in Europe um, and has previously rejected compulsory vaccinations, saying that such a law would undermine public health. Many countries, including the United States and France, have already made COVID-19 vaccinations mandatory for healthcare staff, public sector workers and others. Okay. Uh, but what all else is going on is while they are not going to require employees to show their papers. Oh, <laughs> this is so he's so late. Wait, where? who's this guy? Who is this guy? Oh, this is Klaus Holsteck. Klaus Holsteck has something to say about the next and final story for tonight in regards to Germany. 
A German state proposes that coronavirus lockdown for the unvaccinated. So while they will not show you, may force you to show your papers, they will require you to be in a forced lockdown if you're not vaccinated. Now, this is in the southern German state of Baden-Württemberg, and they have proposed a severe restriction for unvaccinated people, even if they can produce a negative coronavirus test. Okay. Uh, now, if 200, 250 intensive care, oh, wait, 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 if the measure passes, and this is again in the German state of Baden-Württemberg, if the measure passes, unvaccinated people will be denied access to restaurants or concerts, even with a negative test, um, and will be required to have limited contact with other people as mandated during previous lockdowns. Now, this Yahoo right here, Klaus Holtenscheck, is the Bavarian health minister, and he has voiced support for the Baden-Württemberg proposal, insisting that it is the right to think about measures such as contact restrictions for the unvaccinated to protect the health system. There is opposition, of course, that would come from this man. His name is Wolfgang, Wolfgang Gupke, and Wolfgang Gupke is vice president of the Bundestag and vice chairman of the Free Democratic Party in Germany. Interestingly enough, the Free Democratic Party in Germany is actually a conservative party. And he says there are certainly milder measures than the proposed plan of a blanket contact restriction for unvaccinated people, such as tests. And if the state adopts a harsher measure, it will do so by acting unconstitutionally. So says Wolfgang Kubicki in Germany. And uh, that's a little bit of COVID news. Again, we were mostly focusing on what is going on in Australia, as it seems like that, my friends, is a big old um, uh, distraction in Afghanistan. I mean, to know. I mean, if people really did not, were not being uh, distracted by Afghanistan around the world, they might actually be looking at what's happening in Australia and saying, what the heck is going on here? Um, and uh, that, my friends, is uh, just the long and the short of it. And that will wrap up tonight's edition of The Sea Report. I hope you guys enjoyed our international edition and our expose into what is happening in Australia. We'll definitely be, definitely be paying attention to what is happening there on those down under shores and plains as uh, it's pretty bad, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, while I still believe that it will not happen here, uh, particularly because of the fact that we still have our guns, it doesn't mean that they won't try and it doesn't mean that they won't try and do it. Uh, in other nations, particularly where they have no such protections. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for hanging out tonight. Uh, don't forget, we will be back here tonight at the uh, Mr. C channel over on the foxhole.app, as well as the Mr. C TV at Clout Hub and the C Report over at Twitch. Uh, and we will be having a watch party for uh, Cult of the Medics Part 1. Again, we're doing that watch party tonight here at the Mr. C channel. And uh, we look forward to having you all with us. I've heard rave reviews from our audience and beyond about the first installment of this documentary. Uh, so please be sure to come on back on. I'll hold the door open. I'll keep the lights on at midnight tonight. We will be live here at Mr. C channel, Mr. C TV. 
And also, ladies and gentlemen, uh, be sure to join myself and the Texan as well as a panel of, of uh, other uh, members here over at, uh, well, just a panel of discussers. Uh, I'll be on uh, in about uh, 25 minutes exactly with the Texan and uh, the panel uh, where we'll be having some pretty interesting conversations. Uh, topic of discussion is a spiritual discussion. What that means and what that entails, well, ladies and gentlemen, you will have to tune in to find out, but I promise you it's probably going to be a pretty good discussion, at least uh, at least by way of what uh, the Texan has shared with me and uh, kind of uh, the direction that uh, this, this these chats may go. But either ways, ladies and gentlemen, it'll be a great time tonight, a busy night for myself. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here at the Sea Report. I'll be over at the Texan in about 20 minutes. And then we will see you all tonight for the watch party of Cult of the Medics Part 1 with Mr. C in the Dark. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we will have open lines shortly after shortly after the, uh, the, um, the watch party presentation. It will be a great and fun-filled night tonight. If you didn't get, uh, if you don't get tired of seeing me by the end of this show, maybe by tonight you'll be like, "Oh, Mr. C, you do too much. We see you too much." All right, I'm, I'm being, I'm getting long-winded. Let me release the scratch, uh, the scratching, the scratch-offs over here at thefoxhole.net. Uh, real quick, thank you again for uh, tuning in and hanging out today over there at the Foxhole app and beyond. Uh, thank you also uh, by way of gold pill donations to uh, Tam Growl gifting that can. Uh, we also had a gold pill donation uh, uh, dropped from, uh, let me see what else we got here. Nat Handy. Uh, love your reports, Mr. C. Thank you. Uh, says Nat Handy, and thank you for gifting the can. And Just V, have a can. You need a drink, sir. And and Merkers as well. Good evening, Mr. Doreen Merck uh, over there in the C chats. Appreciate you. And uh, you guys have a good time um, uh, while you're doing what you're doing. And uh, perhaps maybe I will see you guys over at the Texans show in just a few. Uh, till then, guys, uh, we'll see you next time. You hear me scratching? <laughs> we'll see you next time. And until then, uh, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. Have a good night, y'all.